It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day everyone, welcome back to our Euros Daily live stream. back again on the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast. Today we'll be looking at the fixtures tomorrow between Hungary and Portugal, the massive game between France and Germany, and we're actually also going to look at the three games on Wednesday. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, it's a bit hard with the time difference over here. So uh, those games are Finland-Russia, Turkey-Wales and Italy-Switzerland because we won't be live tomorrow. So we will be covering five games today, which should be very, very exciting. As la- as I said yesterday, please um, please start sending through any questions you guys have, any um, any comments you might have about today's play or tomorrow's play, anything you want to get off your chest throughout the stream and we will get to them at all times but like yesterday joined by pro sports better at the bottom of your screen neil shah and football tipster stats man guru card guru everything guru george gamble how are we fellas yeah not bad i've got more names than scarlet pimpernel i swear that's just outrageous <laughs> you've got more twitters than the two <laughs> Here we go, here we go. No, happy as always to be here. Um, I'm not going to lie, fellas, not the greatest start to our um, to our live streams yesterday with uh, a few of the results today. Scotland Scotland losing. There were no cards in that game either. You had <laughs> <None> the, <laughs> Slo- Slovakia <laughs> beating Poland 2-1 and then um, Spain and, and Sweden, a nil-nil draw there. So, I mean... I think yeah, we're running a service. If anyone's well, not sure, yeah, we're well, running a lane service. Anything we say, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I mean, out of everyone, I probably got the closest yesterday with my little uh, my little Sweden mug bet. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, no one was following along because it would have lost. I, I had Spain. I had the draw half time, Spain full time. So yeah, it was looking good. It was looking good, but yeah, only halfway there. I had over two yeah. and a half goals. Wasn't that far away? <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean, the internationals are just—they're tough, aren't they? We'll, we do it. We'll do our best every day to—I uh, don't know—I guess to pluck out some value it's, here and there, but they can be pretty unpredictable. I mean, I hate to be one of those people that's like, "Oh, it's so close, land," because ultimately it lost. But well, that's the main thing; yeah. it, it lost. But um, no, I'm looking like if you look at the XGs today. For example, even earlier, Spain—they had over two and a half goals in terms of XG on their own. And well, Sweden missed. Sweden missed from about four yards out, basically a tapping as well. So, you know, I think Spain must have had about 17, 18 shots or something like that. Um, and Scotland earlier, as I spoke to Neil, and Scotland had over twice the XG that Czech Republic had. They missed some absolute <laughs> clear cut chances as well. You know, on another day, these these will go in, and you're you're laughing your way to the bank. But yeah, today just just yeah. I think the highlight was that Patrick shit goal. What? I'm happy to lose a bet when there's a goal like that. Like, oh my yeah, word! Yeah, I mean that was class. Yeah, well, it's not, I haven't not seen it yet. Oh, you got to see it. It's goal of the tournament. I can't see anything beating that. No. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to. I'll have to watch it while you guys 
babble on about whatever you want to talk about today. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've got uh, Frederick here. He's already sent in a nice little comment there, under two and a half in every match going forward. Um, I mean, that would have come through. How many times yeah. have that come through this tournament so far? A couple of times? Maybe half half. Yeah. Um, yeah, more, yeah, it's more than that, I think, if you're looking at it. That had to come in. So out of, in fact, I'll just do it quickly for you now. One, two, three, six, nine, ten games played so far. Had to come in two, three, four. It has it been it come in. It had come in five times. So it's literally yeah. half and half. All right. Well, we'll see how that. Been, been trade that. I mean, that that's also a good trading angle to have as well because there's been a few that have gone over, like the Italy game, but that was nil-nil at half time, and uh, mm. yeah, it's a, it's a good way to trade it. Yeah, well said. Uh, and then we've also got Jarnell. He's actually got a question for George. He says, George, do you go through all of the Bet365 prop markets in these Euro games or is that not something you're looking into? Um, I think for me, I the research alone kind of leads me towards where I want to be. And I think if you're going to go through every single prop market for, for the games in, in this Euros, you're going to be there all day. Like it's, There's so many markets now and, and it's... Good, you need to be wary of it because you know the amount of people I saw like, oh look at all of these new things they've put on the bet builder section of uh, bet three six five. It's designed to take your money. It's that's what it's designed for. It just leads you astray. I think oh I'll add that on there because that's got to happen. And you know, so for me, I've kind of got you know I do a lot of handicapping. I do overs and unders, and then obviously I do my cards. And as I alluded to on the podcast yesterday, international tournaments for cards. There's just something that don't agree with me. I don't seem to get on with them. League football, club football. It's my bread and butter. But yeah, international football's a bit dodgy for that. So no, in answer to the question, a bit of a long-winded answer, I know, but uh, I don't look at all of the prop markets if something stands out. So, you know, as everyone knows, I like my fouls and and free kick lines. And so that's kind of the limit I go to. But in terms of individual player shots, player tackles, um, there's a lot of people out there that could do it, but it's just not something that I tend to look into. All right. Good start. All right. So what I'm going to do today, a bit different, is I am actually going to have the trade mate feed up for most of this day and just see if there's any uh, money coming in on certain um, <clears throat> games for tomorrow. At the moment, it's I've just set up a preset for 24 hours here. So we'll see if um, any uh, value bets pop up for any of the games tomorrow. At the moment, it's all just uh, some Finnish game, I guess. The I mean, if anyone knows how to pronounce the Finnish league, you're doing well. So... Um, yeah, put a few bookmakers there for you guys if you want to put some uh, quick value bets on while we're doing the stream. But um, <clears throat> quick disclaimer, as always, um, I or no one else on this channel or today's video is a financial advisor. This is just educational content aimed at improving your knowledge about sports betting. There is a risk of losing money on betting and what choices you make with your money, it's completely up to you. So be responsible. Game one we'll go through today, fellas, is Hungary versus Portugal. We're kicking off the group of death. Hungary playing host to Portugal. Looks like Hungary's star man, Dominic Slabashai. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> he'll miss this one, which is a which is a big blow for the Hungarians who are faced with the almost impossible task of making it out of Group F. They come up against the Euros reigning champs, Portugal, who need a who they essentially need a win here because it only gets harder from here on out with uh, with the likes of France and Germany after this one. 
Uh, the way we've structured it today, I believe, George, you've taken a deeper look at these two games and Neil the three later, but I'm sure I'll go to both of you throughout the stream. But I'll start with you, George. Hungary versus Portugal. What would you like to say about this one? Uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, Hungary, basically, according to everyone, just have absolutely no chance, and you, you tend to agree with them. And been joining a group with Portugal, the reigning holders of the you know the Euros, France, current world champions, and then you've got Germany. Um, Germany obviously solid as well. So yeah, I don't think anyone's given Hungary a chance to to qualify. But in terms of an individual game. I do think this one's going to be a lot closer um, than people think. I think a lot of people are expecting Portugal to go there and hammer Hungary. But when you look at the sort of underlying data, you know, no side has, has actually travelled to Hungary. So I should say this is being played at the Puskas Arena in Hungary. Um, but yeah, no side's gone to Hungary and won by more than a single goal uh, since Russia. And that was in a friendly back in 2017, around 22 games ago. And that includes Portugal, who've uh, only won by a single goal. Hungary also on their home soil. They've scored in 18 of their last 22 home games. Um, so, you know, they know where the back of the net is, but as you've already alluded to, and again, I can't, I'm not sure about the pronunciation of this player. I've been saying Shabozlai, but I'm not sure how true that'll be. But, um, yeah, it was only thanks to a 2-1 victory, you know, with uh, from Shabozlai, uh, and that was against Iceland in the final of a playoff that allowed Hungary to qualify for this. And uh, Marco Rossi's... He's had to deal with some serious injury problems kind of since then. And <coughs> they've now got to find a replacement for, for Shabozlai, um, you know, because he's not recovered in time. And also another midfielder, Kalmar Jolt, um, was also ruled out. And it just creates more problems for them, really. And it's obviously not something that you want when you're going into the group of death. But um, as well as that, the last three home, home games they've had against Portugal, there's only been a single goal. Um, so I, I do think this is going to be a lot tighter than uh, people give it credit for. And looking into Portugal, as we know, like we said, they're the holders. And obviously, this will be their title defence, if you like. Um, and it could be the perfect opportunity for them, really, for them to kind of take initiative um, in the group. Because obviously, France take on Germany straight after. So it's good for Portugal to put down a marker if they can get the win. And obviously, just get three points on the board. Uh, they've won six of their seven previous encounters with Hungary and have never actually lost against them. Um at least three goals have been scored in four of Portugal's last six fixtures, winning four of those six as well. They've not lost since going down 1-0 to France in the Nations League. And obviously, with France, there's no shame in that at all. Um, Ronaldo, he scored 11 goals in qualifying for Euro 2020. Even though he's 36, he's just still absolutely banging them in for fun. Um, you know, he netted 29 times in Serie A for Juventus this season. They didn't have a great season themselves, but individually, he had a brilliant season. Um, but yeah, as I've mentioned, they've got a great record against Hungary and managed to score uh, exactly three goals against them in five of the pairs, last seven head-to-heads. But obviously recently, the, the last few visits, there's only been a single goal in it. And kind of looking at it as well in terms of sort of analysis, you know, we know that Portugal just got an absolute embarrassment of attacking talent. Um, obviously, arguably the greatest footballer to have played the game in, in Ronaldo. But uh, they've often been quite conservative in attack, despite all this talent. You know, the likes of Jota, Bruno Fernandes, um, obviously, João Felix, Ronaldo. But weirdly, they do often struggle to break teams down and, and find the back of the net. So, you know, yet their last game, fine. They beat Israel by four goals to nil. But earlier this year, they, uh, they managed just one goal, and that was against Azerbaijan. Um, you know, Azerbaijan, they, that's the sort of team you should be steamrolling. And they only managed a single goal against them. But they do tend to struggle against compact defences, um, given the fact that Hungary are missing you know, their star forward. I'm, I am kind of expecting them to sort of sit deep, try and frustrate Portugal and potentially hit them on the break and just try and get something from the game. So 
I do see it being a, a, quite a struggle for, for Portugal to break them down. Um, and yeah, like I said, you look at the fact that the last three between these two in Hungary, there's just been a single goal. I do think it'll be another tight affair. Um, but I do think the cream will rise to the top and I think we'll see a narrow Portugal win for me. So Portugal to win and, and under three and a half match goals. Uh, and that was at evens on Unibet. I thought that was a great shout. Yeah. No, that doesn't sound bad at all. I, I like this comment we got from, I mean, what a what a name here, Mr. Mr. Handsome 3000. He says, Spain was 1.36 today. Portugal is 1.47 and Spain faced a better team than Hungary. So Portugal to win must be good, right? And I guess my interpretation of why the odds of Portugal are a bit bigger than Spain's is because at least Spain have a bit more, I don't know, I wouldn't say attacking potential, but they have a lot more impetus, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they've got a lot more creativity and they're happy to kind of put the foot on the throat a bit more. So there's more chance that um, Spain could get out to a decent lead over someone like Sweden. Is that is that the way you guys interpret this one? I mean, I would say sort of the big factor in the price is Spain were playing at home and uh, Portugal are playing in, in Hungary. So that that is kind of factored in. I think sometimes that home advantage is um, maybe a little bit overstated, um, but that would be, you know, part of it. And I think what you were saying about Spain, and actually with, with Portugal, although they are kind of quite, they can be quite a defensive team, um, you saw in the Spain game, you know, they, it's a kind of cliche, but there was no plan B. You know, they just kind of kept going around in circles, whereas with Portugal, um, they do have a bit of variety. They've got some variety on the bench. They've got players who can come in. They've got players who can shoot from long range. I mean, they have Ronaldo. You know, they've, they've got lethal finishers in that team. So um, when it comes to kind of breaking down a side, I think they've got that you know, that in reserve. So, I mean, that, I mean that, that's what I would say. So, But I think going back to um, Mr. Hansom's point, um, again, you sort of... You, you take each game on its merits. I mean, when I looked at the Spain prize, I did think it was quite short, but you know, I wouldn't have been laying them either. You know, I, do, I think, you know, fair play to anyone. I think, Alex, you, you know, you, you had Sweden, you you backed them, uh, but no one else I know did. <laughs> I, I, do, I do also think, though, that maybe in terms of the prices, uh, there was a slight overreaction to the fact that coming into this one, um, Spain had netted 12 goals um, across their last two Euro 2020 qualifiers um, and they were scoring goals for fun, playing well. So I do think there was a slight overreaction to that and especially when, you know, we mentioned who Sweden had sort of played recently. So I think that could have been, obviously combined with the fact they're at home, I, I think it was a slight overreaction but they were definitely too low. There's no way I'd have backed Spain just to win the game at, at those odds. Um, what did Sweden close that in the end? Do we know? I can't, I couldn't tell you if I wanted to, I'm honest. Oh, look. look. See if I actually put out a little value bet out there. Who? Oh, probably not. <laughs> Pinnacle. Oh, Pinnacle closed at nine point five. So, I mean, that's probably the best. But yeah, what, what price? Oh, I got one thirty-seven. Have a go at this, fellas. Look at this edge. That's a ten percent edge, fellas. I mean, look at that. That is incredible. <laughs> call me the call me the Sweden handicapper. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, um, Jeff. I tell you what, the the uh, the chat here is just going off. The, this is the greatest comment of all time. What's the difference between Ronaldo and time? Time passes. <laughs> Shanker, well, that's what Shanker. Yeah, he's the what, one nil nil. He's the he's the only person in the world who backed nil nil in this Spain Sweden game. So I you like can uh, bask in the glory of that. 
I like him. Good stuff. Um, and we had a question here from John Ellie says, I like Ronaldo's shot lines. I think you tweeted a couple of Ronaldo shot bets, Neil. Yeah, so um, actually, yeah, so this kind of going back to sort of George, uh, not as keen on these pop bets, and I'm just <laughs> the exact opposite uh, for this game in particular. Um, but for for kind of the same reasons that, that that George has said, you know, again with Hungary not having Zobazlai, uh, again that that cuts out a huge amount of their sort of attack and force, but also a focal point and you know someone who's going to create play. So they are going to be sitting deep. Um, I mean, Ronaldo is Ronaldo. We know that, but he's also he's chasing down this um, international record so that Adidai has. So I think he's got 104 goals. He needs five goals to tie the all-time record um you know no one's going to substitute him santos isn't going to dare uh, sub ronaldo off in the, especially in the first game you know he might rest him um you know if, if portugal you know grab a couple of wins and then the third game you know keep him fresh but at least for this game i expect he's going to play the full 90 minutes um you know looking at the the, the stats on this as well um so He's in his last 20 internationals, averaging about 2.6 on target uh, and 5.4 shots in general. And then also, you know, without sort of going in, delving into each game individually, but generally when he's come up against um, lower ranked nations, you know, he does tend to get quite a few. Um, You know, teams will kind of sit off him a little bit. Um, You know, he he will take that opportunity. And again, you know, if it ends up being a game like this, um, the Spain-Sweden game where, where Hungary kind of just sitting back and just kind of inviting pressure. He's going to be kind of shooting from all angles. He's going to have a free kick opportunities. Um, could be a potential penalty. Um, so I, I do like that. So I've, I've gone for um, over one. So the, the lines are at 365. So it's over one and a half um, shots on target. That's at 1.83. And then over three and a half shots, 1.72. Oh, okay, nice. They seem uh, they seem like quite big odds. I mean, I'm not much of a shot market fan, but uh, it's not like I really bet it. But is that normal kind of odds? Or I mean, it's it stood out for me. But at the same time, obviously, again, the bookies don't hand you money, um, <laughs> so so there must be reasons, know. you know, that That's they're thinking. <laughs> You're doing it all um, wrong, then, Neil. <laughs> the bookmakers in Australia, you literally just go up to them and you say, "Can I have twenty bucks?" and they give it to you. It's weird. No worries, man. <laughs> I'm moving to Australia. <laughs> Five hundred bucks in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they give you your money back if Sweden draw nil nil. So they, <laughs> they, they pay it. Um, all right. Well, there's uh, some bets there. I, I don't know if you mentioned any bets you're having in this one, George. Yeah, I said Portugal to win in a, under three and a half match goals, uh, even. So that's, like right. That. that's right. All right. Um, I mean, there's just loads of comments here coming in about France and Germany, so I feel like we better um, we better get onto this game. So uh, Germany hosts the first of their three home games here this tournament against France. So they've got home games against Hungary and Portugal too. Uh, this is just a, a star-studded game, you'd have to say. You've got Germany with the likes of Nabry, Werner, Sane, Muller, Havertz, Gundogan, Cruz. The list just goes on and on. But they're playing the current world champs in France who 
you know, they can almost one-up them with the talent that they've got. Mbappe, Griezmann, Kante, Pogba, just to name a few. And now they can add Benzema to the list. Finally, he's back playing international football for France. First time, what, five, six years, something like that, fellas? Long time. Yeah, it's been a long, long time since he got into a bit of drama with his best mate, Valbuena. Um, All right, we'll go back to you again on this one, George. How are you liking the chances of Germany and France? Um, Yeah, it's no denying the the two European heavyweights, aren't they, Um, in this group, and they're both looking to kind of make that statement by getting that win. Obviously, at the Allianz Arena in Munich, so uh, obviously you'd think that gives the Germans the advantage. Uh, I'm a massive fan of, I love nicknames in football, but certainly uh, my pronunciation is fine here. So, Le Bleu, they're unbeaten in their last five games uh, against, well, this will be the test, Die Mannschaft, as the Germans are affectionately known. But uh, no, so uh, yeah, they've uh, won three of those as well, they're the last three, I believe. And in the 30 games they've played since winning the World Cup, France, they've scored in 25 of them and conceded in just 15 of them. Um, and in those, all of those 30, they've only conceded more than one goal in five. So they don't know how to keep things very tight and, and resolute. Um, but yeah, France, they've only lost one of four competitive meetings um, against Germany since June 1986. So it seems like France do have the edge um, in this fixture. Um, as we all know, they, they lost recently, somewhat of an anomaly, uh, lost 2-0 at home to Finland. Uh, it was only a friendly, so obviously there was no importance to it, but it was a, a bit of a kind of... Uh, sort of uh, an eye-opener, as it were. Um, but yeah, but they've been in a strong form of late. So since then, they've won six of their seven games, drawing the other, and they've only lost three of their 41 most recent fixtures in all competitions. So I'm interested to see with France, though, because there's obviously a lot of drama going on at the moment between uh, Giroud and Kylian Mbappe that's allegedly not even been resolved yet. So it's going to be interesting to see how that affects the squad. I'm, I'm not one who thinks it will have a massive impact um, but it'll be interesting to see kind of who starts. You expect it to be killing Mbappe, but um, obviously is that a thing? Chase. They're, they're tossing yeah, up yeah. between who should start between those two. Well, it's, no, I wouldn't say it's who'd start between them, but it's whether they actually can play in the same team. Um, okay. Not because position wise, just because they're not getting on allegedly. Um, obviously, Giroud's chasing down that all-time international top goal scorer um, that Ormery currently holds, and. I think he said something about he was annoyed that people went past into him and Mbappe took offence to that and came out and said he shouldn't have attacked us. And yeah, so it's all going on. But um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to kind of see what Deschamps opts to, opts to do, really. But looking a bit further into Germany, obviously it's Joachim uh, Lowe's last tournament, um, but he's presided over a couple of devastating and really bad results in, in recent months. As you know, the Germany, they lost 6-0 to Spain in the Nations League. And as we all know, they lost 2-1 at home to North Macedonia in World Cup qualifying. Uh, in fact, that one against Macedonia it was the first time they'd lost a European Championship home qualifier for two decades. You know, it was one hell of an upset. Um, but yeah, they followed up that defeat with a disappointing one-all draw against Denmark in the first warm-up game for, for this competition, the Euros, before a far more pleasant experience in their, uh, well, they beat Latvia 7-1. But again, it's Latvia in all due respect to them. I know um, Nigel absolutely loves them, but uh, they're, they're nothing to, to brag about. So, I am yeah, too, so. yeah, yeah. Now, France is a much, much bigger task to deal with than Latvia, obviously. So, um, you know, France, they've got a plethora of attacking and defensive talent. It's, it's just insane, the strength and depth that they've got. And 
But yeah, Germany have scored more than one goal in a single game against France just once in the last six meetings. You know, they, they do tend to struggle against the French. Um, but on the plus side, in terms of the competition, they have reached the last, uh, at least the semi-final stage in the last three European Championships, but they've not won it since '96. So, you know, they've got a good pedigree in this competition. Um, and kind of looking at the game as a whole, yeah, two of the last six meetings um, between these countries have seen both teams score, so they don't often both get on the score sheet. Um, yeah, and like I said, France got that fantastic record, um, but the Germans are going to be up for this, given this Joachim Lowe's last tournament for stepping down and what he's done for that country as a whole is, is just incredible. You know, he's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But despite that, I, I don't see them beating France um, at all. So I do, I like France to go and win the whole tournament as obviously we've covered previously. And I think they'll at least get a draw here in what will probably be a tense match, but I think just they've got Germany's number, the quality's there, current reigning world champions. You know, Germany aren't the team that they were sort of say maybe four, four to six years ago, where they were just an absolute machine. Uh, they're a little bit inconsistent. They can be got at. And I just think France have just got so much quality. Um, so I was very surprised at looking at the odds. Again, I'm after a conversion because I've written this up for, obviously, American markets. I've got American odds. But France, double chance um, and under three and a half goals. At minus one, two, five. So in fact, if I just, you watch Alex, will get there just before me. 180. 1.8. That's it. There you go, look. There you go, the man with the odds. But yeah, so at 1.8 for France to win or draw and there to be under four goals in the game, I thought that was a good bet as well. So yeah, I do like that at 1.8. Yeah, okay. There's um, there's a lot of opinion going on in the stream here. I mean, there's lots of people. I feel like we've got a few Germans here today because they are uh, yeah. There's some, certainly some people wanting to bet Germany in this one. But I was, I don't know about you, Neil, but I was also a little bit shocked with the odds here. I thought France would maybe be a little bit more. Heavily favoured, uh, I assume not so because of the home advantage for Germany. I'm not sure how big the crowd will be for Germany, but I mean, obviously there's home advantage in having a crowd, but there's also home advantage in, you know, the other team has to travel to you. But the fact is that France have probably been in Germany for however long already set up camp and they'll be fresh going into this first game, I guess similar to to something like Sweden and Spain. Um, and that the advantage might um, the advantage might come in the second and third game when other teams have had to travel back and forth between countries. Um, but yeah, how do you see the odds on this one? Just to the naked eye, I thought France would maybe be a little bit little bit shorter. Yeah, it's, it's a peculiar one. I think it's something that Nigel touched on as well, just in terms of, sort of the composition of the group, obviously, because this is this so-called group of death. Um, you know, even if one of these teams comes third in, in the actual knockout rounds, you know, they're, they're three of the, you know, of the best teams in the tournament. So, you know, they would fancy their chances against anyone. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, just kind of eyeballing the odds to me that, again, um, I think Tony only fools lay horses. Uh, he's mentioned as well. You know, France are too long, um, and I, I would agree. Um, I, 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 I'm personally wary of, of an unders. Although France, um, you know, again, they they are uh, they've got so much attacking talent, but at the same time, Deschamps isn't kind of naturally wanting to kind of go gung ho. You, you saw what happened with with the Netherlands. You know, in, in this. Kind of era of football, a team that's going to win this tournament is going to be defensively sound. They're going to be well set up and well drilled. 
they're not going to leave spaces open. Um, that's why, for me, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not really fancying Germany or the Netherlands chances. I think they just leave too much space for for teams like France to attack. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I, I think France could could do it, and I think Germany are capable of a collapse. Um, yeah. And and again, someone like France, you know, they could absolutely destroy them the way that Spain did. Um, I, I, you know, you'd like to think, you know, any German fans maybe watching this now that they won't set up that way. You know, they will have learned from that experience. But you know, again, if you're going up against Mbappe, against uh, um, Benzema, against Griezmann, you know, you've got Pogba and like Kante. Yeah, you know, Kante is just like ten players on the pitch um, against the kind of sluggish German backline. You know, again, you know, I mean, the, 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 you look at Germany. You know, the, the they're not really the sum of their parts because if you look at them kind of man for man, they've got a brilliant squad. They've got a lot of talent, but I think defensively they're suspect. Um, they don't quite know exactly, you know, who's playing where. Emre Chan could be playing anywhere across that backline, and um, you know, again, uh, uh, but you never know. I mean, this is Germany. You would never kind of write them off. Um, as George said, you know, they've still got this excellent record, um, you know, in, in the past few Euros. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm personally not I'm not having um, you know on the bet on the on the one x two and this. I'll, I'll kind of watch it and play and see how it progresses. Um, but you know, if I was kind of pushed to be on something, I, I, I mean, I, I would take the odds on France to be honest. Um, look at at least trading out, you know, look at, let's say France to win if they score the first goal, then kind of hedging your bets um, yeah. and greening up from there. I'm just, I'm very surprised, obviously, everyone, kind of, a lot of people in the comments saying about, you know, going with Germany, want to head with Germany. You know, the last five games between these two on German soil, France have won three and drawn two. Um, France have won every single match um, in, the, in a major, the first match in a major competition they've, uh, they've won. That's since the 2014 World Cup, that, you know, they've won. So, and I just think the role that France are on, the current world champions, they look strong, they look solid. It, the only chink in the armour I can see is depending on what happens with Mbappe and Giroud and if that sort of, you know, transcends into the, into the, sorry, leaks into the squad, you know, affects them. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Germany, there's a possible capitulation here, you know, whacking those going and that can go one of two ways. Either your players want to play for you and send you out on a high they just don't really care. Like, I know it's playing for your country, but you've got to think a lot of these players have been playing for Germany and won it all. Um, you know, yeah. so it's, I think France have got this hunger. They want to win everything, similar to the Spain side that we saw winning the World Cup and following up with the Euros. You know, that was their peak. And I think we're seeing, we're witnessing the peak of France. So, yeah, I, I think France are, are very long odds to, to go and win this. So I, I potentially agree with Neil. I mean, I, I do like France double chance and, and the unders just on previous form and obviously previous meetings and the potential that they could cancel each other out because um, that German back line is, is very solid. But another interesting fact as well, if Pogba and Kante start together, I think there's a ridiculous record of, I think they haven't, they've never lost when those two have played in, in the same team. Yeah, so I, I'm just, I'm, I'm leaning towards, I'd always be leaning towards France in this one. And yeah, so I'd, for me, either exactly as Neil said, potentially trade yourself out if France do take the lead. Um, but I also do like that, you know, the France double chance in you know, under four goals because I don't, I think four goals might be a bit much to ask in this game. I see it a bit, a bit, a bit tighter than that. Perhaps like a two-nil France, in my opinion. Yeah. Nevertheless, it's going to be a very exciting game. Probably the best mm. game of the Euros so far. This this group F is going to bring a lot of entertainment to our screens. 
Um, and I i don't even think I mentioned at the start what the odds were. I'm sorry for everyone listening, but the odds are about 2.75 you can get for France. Uh, Germany, you can get 2.8, 2.9, and the draws at 3.3 highest odds I can see there. So it's a very, very tight betting market. Yeah, I'm kind of similar with you guys. I think I'm leaning towards France in this one. I, I, I just get the feeling the odds might drop a little heading into game time. Um, but yeah, as Huey Boy has said, it will be a great game regardless. And massive call from Huey Boy here saying Loris is the best keeper in the world. Don't forget. So, um, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I mean, I'm uh, a uh, I mean, even I would say that's you know, I do love him, but that's straight. He says, <laughs> I, I think he's talking about Germany. I was hoping you guys would get the joke, but um. He's the best just, keeper in the world if the if the ball's got a bell in it. But apart from that, definitely not. <laughs> I, I've stitched up Huey Boy there. I've, I assume he's referring to Neuer, but um, I, I thought you guys would cotton on to that joke. But that's all right. You guys are a bit slow today. Um, so that's the two games in the group of death tomorrow. Now we are going to move on to Wednesday's games. <laughs> what was that? The group of, from the group of death to the group of shites. <laughs> Oh my word! Don't hold back, Neil. Um, this is this is Group B, isn't it? Finland, Russia. They're not they're not yes. the worst, are they? Denmark and Belgium, Finland. I mean, I feel like well, group group's not the worst, but I mean, this I don't think this is going to be a a spectacle. To be honest, I mean, it it will be interesting to see how this plays out. Obviously, because of what happened with. Um, with the Denmark game, you know, I think the Finland players kind of went, you know, they, they also went through a kind of roller coaster of emotions. And, um, and, and it will be a surreal feeling for them because it was their first ever tournament win. It's a huge thing for the country, um, for the players, you know, a kind of huge source of pride, but obviously tainted with what happened as well. And they're coming up against Russia, you know, and it's going to be in St. Petersburg. It's not going to be an easy easy game for, for the Finns, but it's not, I don't think it's going to be a, a walkover for Russia either. Um, you know, they're both kind of two functional teams, but you know, rather limited. I mean, particularly with, with Russia, although Russia have talent, they've got talent in that mid midfield. They've got Sharashev, they've got Golovin, um, you know, they've got Moranchuk, they've, they've got, you know, decent players um, there, but, you know, essentially the, the, the aim is you know, to get like an old age pensioner, Zirkov, you know, just lump the ball forward, down the wing, up to Zuba, you know, just just batter it home. And that's going to be their sort of plan A, B, C and D. Um, and I think, you know, Finland might be wise for that. So I think they could they could struggle. Um, so one angle I had, which was quite interesting, actually, and it surprised me because uh, sort, of, sort of delving into the um, the stats for this one. Um, so the, the bet I'm going to have on this is actually on a corners handicap. And... Um, so, so kind of looking through through the stats on this, and taking the context of the game as well, you know, it's in Saint Petersburg, it's in Russia. Um, Finland already have that, you know, those three three points. They would be quite happy to kind of grind out a draw. Um, so, sort of going over sort of the last, let's say, the games across 2020, 2021, um, Russia sort of averaging around five corners themselves, you know, per game, around two point one against. Finland only averaging about three, 3.2 corners a game. 
five and a half against them as well. Um, and actually, in in the Denmark game, obviously, you know, the, the, you can't take this as indicative of how a normal game is played. But um, they didn't have any corners against Denmark um, in a recent game against Bulgaria. No corners against them. Uh, none against Italy. And only one corner in uh, an away game against Greece as well. So this is all from this calendar year, I believe. So um, you know, the, considering they you know they play this kind of four four two, they have kind of team of Cookie up top, and um, you would expect I, I, I expected that they actually would have got more corners than that uh, with the kind of style of play that they have. But um, you know, according to the stats, that that doesn't really show up. So yeah, the play I'm going for here is Russia on on a minus three corner handicap. Um, that's at evens. I, I do like the price of that. I think you know, with, with the context of the game, um, maybe the Finland players will kind of sort of naturally kind of flatten out. It's only it's understandable, you know, after kind of going through those highs in the last game. That was kind of a cup final for them. Um, so I expect kind of Russia to you know, maybe not create much, um, but again, keep trying this sort of plan A and you know, grind away with territory and possession and. And pick, definitely pick up more corners than Vinland. Yeah. Okay. I like it, mate. I like it. Um, and the odds on this one, I once again forgot to mention, about 1.65, 1.7 for Russia. The draws 3.85, as high as that on Unibet. And Finland are hovering around that 6, 6-ish, 6.2 mark there yeah, very um, I, I think russia are, are way too short here yeah. if, if you can see what's happened today you know in terms of how closely you know, how close together russia and finland are that's far closer than spain and sweden um and finland could execute the same game plan and russia could struggle you know, they could really struggle to break them down so um i definitely wouldn't be taking russia at that price and I didn't watch the whole denmark game obviously i watched it when it resumed after the ericsson incident and just watching that it didn't like i know this is you know <clears throat> extenuating circumstances with what had happened but denmark didn't really look like they were going to punch a hole through finland if you get what i mean like they didn't look all that threatening and i know i've only probably watched you know half the game but um and, and russia on the other hand you would say are probably less of an attacking threat than um than denmark so um, yeah, I, mean, I could fair, potentially see Finland. You know, you could even say the the angle once again of a Finland uh, one nil victory, or you know, you know, low yeah, score and a possibly. Finland win, something like that. Quite possibly. Is- I mean, yeah. In terms of the stats, um, I mean, Finland had one shot on target, one goal. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> clinical. Uh, Denmark had twenty three shots on goal. Um, again, and six on target. So it was, you know, if you just look at the pure stats alone, if you had no idea of the context of the game or what happened with the sort of the uh, suspension halfway through, you would look at that and think Finland got very lucky. So, um, I mean, as well as that, Russia, as well as that, Russia have one shot on target against Belgium, but they faced four shots on target and let in three of them. You know, that's a great point. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I, it's weird because obviously I'm. I actually think there's value in the overs here. Um, after I just want everything that we've just said. Yeah, you know, got to think a win here would obviously it all but assure Finland's progression to the knockouts, and that continues a trend. Uh, so in 2016, it's all four of the five debutants progress from the group stage. 
Um, and all nine nations who won in the opening round of fixtures in the last edition qualified via a top two spot. So they're going to obviously want to join that kind of crew. And But they have lost their last four meetings with Russia and they conceded over two and a half goals in all of them. Um, but obviously, I think they'll probably hope and they've kind of closed the gap in qualities um, that the last meeting was in 2009. Um, but yeah, Russia, only three teams have actually lost their group opener uh, and progressed in the last two tournaments. Um, and only once since a format change. Uh, and each one, um, each of them won both their remaining games. So it's not impossible for Russia. I, I think obviously they're the better side here, undoubtedly. But um, yeah, they've been over two and a half goals scored in Russia's last five games. And as Neil's already mentioned, Finland had one shot, faced 22 against Denmark, but still managed to win. Um, and like I said, Russia faced four shots on target and let in three of them. And, and since games resumed in 2020, you know, just after the pandemic, as, as games came back, Russia conceded in 11 of their 14 and it's essentially an away game um, for Finland as it has been held in Russia. And in, in Finland's game since uh, they returned in 2020, they've scored in eight of their nine. So if you look at kind of the fact that Russia do concede and, and Finland obviously that one shot and they scored from it. Uh, and given what's on the line, it could go one of two ways. It could either be very tight, but I don't think there's a lot of quality here. And I think if anyone gets a chance, I think they score. So for me, you know, Russia need to get the win to obviously get back on track to try and qualify. Finland, in absolute dreamland, if they can get a win, obviously, it more than likely means they're going to be in the next round. So I think this could be one of those games where we do see quite a few goals. But uh, the fact that, I, for me, the reason why is the price was 2.38 um, that I found. I believe you can actually get better now on Betfair. Um, that's not sure again about the, the conversion, just having a, a look through here, because um, that's what I saw earlier. But yes, that's, you can get it at 2.45 on, on Betfair. And I just think that's too high. I think it should be a little bit closer. So purely as a value punt and with uh, some of those stats behind it, I think over two and a half goals um, mm. is a bit, a bit of value. Obviously, I wouldn't go absolutely mental on it, but for a bit of interest, that's probably where I put my money. Yeah, okay. It um it could be quite a fiery clash too. These guys are, I mean, you could, I would guess they're local bordering rivals too. I don't know if there is a rivalry between Finland and Russia, but I might have just made that up. But considering they're close by, Maybe there's a little rivalry there. Uh, could be a heated encounter. You never know. Um, all right. Well, um, by the way, Neil, I, I'm sure you know, but we, you've uh, you've gone very dark all of a sudden. Yeah. Broken it again. That's all right. Um, this is the place I was born with, you know. What, what can I do about it? Yeah. Uh, every, it's beautiful, mate. You still look beautiful. All right. Uh, Turkey, Wales. Um, I don't really have much written up about this one, but obviously Turkey coming off that uh, 3-0 loss to Italy in the first game. So they're going to have, they played on Friday night, so they've got a five-day turnaround into this one, whereas Wales will only have a four-day turnaround after their, it was a 1-1 draw with Switzerland from memory. So um, big game, massive game in, in Group A here. I mean, only Italy have uh, managed to, to nudge ahead there with the first up win against Turkey. So this game could go a long way to deciding who makes it through to the qualifying stages. Neil, I'll go to you, mate. Any thoughts yeah. on this one? Sure, yeah. And, I mean, and I'll interrupt quickly. I'll get the odds out there for the first time. I'll actually do my job. Uh, <laughs> Turkey are at about 24 Draws around 3.1, 3.2, and Wales you can get as high as 3.45. Neil, over to you. 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I feel like we're saying this about, you know, every game, every game is a massive game, you know, because of this third place, um, you know, and every team has a realistic chance, you know, even with just one win, um, you know, with potentially getting through. So, yeah, I mean, but especially, um, I mean, for, for Wales, cause, because they drew that, that game, um, you know, if, if they get a win against Turkey, they're pretty confident they could be through. Um, and again, you know, Turkey... They, they they have to get this win, really. It's a must-win for them. Um, I mean, look, I'm, I'm rooting for all the home nations. I want all the home nations to do well. Um, and I was rooting for Wales in their match against Switzerland. But the truth be told, they were awful. They were lucky to get that draw. And um, they, they didn't deserve it. And they were very fortunate. So it was a great result. And, um, you know, it gave them kind of confidence doing that. But you know, apart from like a little spell at the beginning of the game, you know, they had a shot or two. Um, and then, you know, when, when they came back into it, they, they didn't deserve to, to, to draw that. And um, I think, again, looking at the, the markets, looking at, you know, let's say um, casual money coming in for, for, for Wales, People looking at star names, thinking, "All right, you know, they're going to have Bale, they're going to have Ramsey, um, you know, Dan James up up top as well." Kiefer Moore scored in the last game, um, but I, I don't see it playing out that way. I think the 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 other thing is, you know, Turkey were, I mean, just comprehensively outplayed by Italy, um, but I think they also shot themselves in, in in the foot as well. I think they were far too negative. Um, I think they, they could have tried to be a little bit more expansive and try and cause it to the problems. They had a couple of chances, you know, and they had a good chance in the second half. Yilma has a, had a had a great chance, but um, I think they'll have too much for Wales. I do think, you know, there's a reason why um, a lot of people tipped up Turkey as a dark horse for this tournament. Um, you know, again, in the run-up to the tournament, they've had lots of kind of games where they've done interesting things. Um, and I think... Again, you know their defence will be you know, will, will, will be tough tough to break down for Wales. Um, yes, you know Bell's on the pitch and again. I'm a huge fan of his, but if you look at his record, he has scored goals this season. But again, you know if you, if you look at who he's scored against, um, you know again with the back line with Demiral and Soyuncu um, for Turkey, you know he, he might struggle there. Um, you know, is Kiefer Moore again? He's kind of relying on his physicality. Um, you know, he's very effective at what he does. Um, but again, yeah, is he going to get much joy against that that Turkish defence? I, I can't really see it, and I think um, Turkey will have a, a good chance of winning this. Um, one, I mean, one thing that does concern me though, there is a, a, a stat on Turkey. So, in their last uh, five of their last six uh, European Championship games, they've had under two and a half shots on target. Um, you know, there's stats on Wales as well. You know, generally their their games do go unders. They you know they um, they do keep the score lines low. Um, so I'm not expecting goals in this game. Um, again, the context of it, the game's a big match. But but you know, with this again, it's very tight. It's it's kind of on a knife edge. Um, again, I'm going by price. Um, you could, I mean, you could just back Turkey. I was contemplating to backing Turkey on a um, draw no bet, which is around evens. Um, you know, you can get a little bit more than evens at some bookies, which I think is a good price. Um, but I've gone for um, Turkey to win to nil. Uh, it's at 3.75 at red zone is the best price at the moment, which is some way ahead of the rest of the market. Um, so in terms of, I don't know, you know, in terms of anyone who's not 
not familiar with the approach I take with my value betting. It's kind of relates to, to trade mate as well. You know, if, if you've got an outlier in the market that's say twenty percent higher than the rest, um, you factor in a look. Obviously, you factor in a bit of margin for the bookmaker, but um, you know, you, there's a bit of value there. I think it kind of fits with what, what I'm looking for here. Um, I can't see Wales winning this game. I think they could sneak a draw. Um, it might be a low-scoring draw, um, but I, I, I fancy Turkey to, to win this. Yeah, I, I love what you said there, mate, about um, about finding outliers in the market because I think if yeah, you... Maybe you can put it up, Alex. It might be on there. So I think, you, yeah. You said Turkey to win to nil, right? Turkey to win to nil, yeah. Have you got it there? Yeah, yeah. yeah 3.75 at red zone there. I, I think that's a really valuable strategy that we haven't mentioned too much before that if you kind of if you have decent knowledge about a sport or a team or whatever and and you see something that you like let's just say in this case turkey versus wales and you think i really like the chances of turkey to win to nil and then you go and look at the odds and you see that there is a decent outlier in the market you know as you can see the market here you've got most uh, averaging around 3.5 and then you see you know a bookie like red zone sitting at 3.75 which is you know not amazing but it's it's decently away from the rest of the market i mean even you could take 5.25 if you like that on on wales and and just and (laughs) at worst at worst you might even be just looking at a neutral ev bet just because they're they're just they're such an outlier. Yeah, it might move in your favor and you'll have definitely have a plus EV EV bet. But um worse comes to worse, you're gonna have a have a neutral EV bet or maybe maybe a slightly negative EV bet. So um yeah no I really I really do like what you're saying there, Neil. Yeah just just I'd like to quickly add to that. Yeah, you know if anyone's watching this and you know look I've I've got friends I try and explain what I do to them. And, um, you know, I've got one friend, Harry, I don't know if he's going to be listening to this, but, you know, he, he only bets with Betfair. He only bets with Betfair. And I keep saying to him, all right, fine, you can, he, you know, he always bets on like 3-2, 4-3, 5-0, ridiculous scorelines. I said, That's, you know, do that, but shop around, you know, just find the best price for it. it if, you, if you find the best price for every bet that you do, you know, you, you're, you might come out ahead, um, but, you, you know, you're going to be close to scratch um you know just just by fun, blindly doing that you know just just if you, if the outliers in the market you're getting kind of 10 percent, 20 percent value on bets like that um you know that that's that can form part of your strategy and that's why sort of price is so important it doesn't it's not about you know um will that bet necessarily win over the long term if you're getting the best price you know you're mm. going to be ahead i think that's that, that's really key thing if anyone isn't doing that already you know that's a must yeah, no, I love that, mate. I think anyone who just who couldn't give two hoots about, you know, being a a, a a profitable gambler over time and is just doing this for fun, if you literally every time you wanted to bet for fun and took the best price you could find, at at worst you're probably going to lose a couple hundred bucks over time. So and you're having fun at the same time. So yeah, exactly. Um, really good point, George. Did you have anything to say about uh, Turkey Wales here, mate, or did you uh, want to leave? Yeah, just. Here? No, I've only made a few brief notes on it, but it's mostly kind of aligned with with what Neil said, really. Um, yeah, Turkey have won by a two-goal margin in two of their last four competitive games uh, immediately following a loss, and that's where they won three and drawn one. But from taking with that, I, I mean, I do 
just like Neil, I, I lean towards Turkey in this. You know, they were good against. It's hard to say good, but they were all right. They held their own against Italy for say the first half, but they still looked outclassed. You know, they were just managed to keep the scoreline there, but then they just fell apart. But Wales are not Italy. Wales exactly. Are pretty, Wales are pretty tragic if you take Bale and Ramsey out of that side. <laughs> um, there's absolutely no reason really that they should be anywhere near a big international tournament if they haven't got those two. Those two single-handedly are the main players that they go to. Um, and just like Neil said, the, the trend is that they do tend to go with the unders. Uh, around 76.5% of Wales' competitive games since the start of 2019 have produced under two and a half goals. Turkey have produced under 2.5 shots on target in five of their last six European Championship games. Um, but I was kind of looking at um, another sort of angle as well in terms of, of fouls. Um, Turkey have committed 13 fouls in nine of their last 14 competitive games uh, in all of their last five. Um, meanwhile, Wales have been fouled 13 times in seven of their last 11. And the referee for this one is Arthur Diaz, Portuguese absolute madman. Um, you know, he awards around 27 fouls per game and hands out a lot of cards as well. But I just I do see Turkey committing more here. Um, I just think they're going to be far more intense. I think they're going to want to win that ball back quickly, and we all know that that tends to, to lead to silly fouls. And so I looked on Unibet, and for Turkey to commit over twelve point five fouls, you know, something they've done, like I said, in nine of their last fourteen, but in all of their last five, um, it was at one point seven five on Unibet, and, and I thought that was a potential play, particularly with the what thing that swung it for me was the fact that it's Arta Diaz, um, the Portuguese referee who's in charge. So. I potentially have a play on that. I would like a little more at the price. I definitely wouldn't go any lower. Um, you know, it wouldn't be a big play, but for, for interest, that's definitely an angle that I'd be on. But in terms of uh, other things, yeah, I really like Neil's um, potential price of uh, Turkey to win to nil. I think all the reasoning that he's put there, and that's a brilliant price. So uh, yeah, I, I might even have a nibble on that myself. Oh, nice. I like it. Nibble, nibble, nibble. All right. Italy versus Switzerland. Fuck, sometimes I wish I just didn't talk. Italy versus Switzerland uh, <laughs> to finish off today. Um, I think so far, just to, just a shout out to everyone on the stream, some great comments so far, and obviously a shout out to, to Neil and George. Tremendous stuff so far. There's plenty of bets to chew over here. Um, but the great news is we've still got one more game to go through here. Italy versus Switzerland. Italy, like we've said many times, the resounding favourites in this Group A with that 3-0 win over Turkey. Uh, Switzerland, the draw with Wales last time out, one all. So, Neil, what have you got to say about the old Italians and the Swiss here? Yeah, so, um, I'm, I mean, obviously, before before the tournament started, I think, you know, we... Both myself and George mentioned about Italy, you know, being potential dark horses for the mm. tournament. You know, they put in a really impressive performance against Turkey. Um, I think it will be sort of trickier than people think against Switzerland. You know, they, again, they're going to come up against a team that's you know, a little bit stubborn. They're going to have to kind of break them down. Um, well, one thing that was interesting, I mean, the Italy, I don't have the stat up here right now, but, the, you know, Italy took a lot of shots in that game against Turkey, and I'm expecting them to do again. I think there was a line on Skybet. I'm, I'm in two minds about it. I have, I've seen it sort of posted up. I can't say it's my tip. But I did see it somewhere, but it interested me. I think it was sort of Italy 16-plus shots uh, is uh, 2.75 at Skybet, which I thought was quite interesting. I think they will get, you know, a lot of chances again. I mean, what, what I like about this this Italy team, you know, it's... it's um, <laughs> like the 2012 team 
and you know they, they are a bit more expansive than what you're used to. I think people have this perception of of Syria and and you know Italian football is what it was in the 90s, and it was kind of it's catenaccio and it's cynical. And um, but actually, you know, this is this is a really sort of um, interesting team. They, they, this Italy side, they don't. I, I don't think they sit back. So you know they will keep going, and they'll kind of keep going for it. And they've got competition for places up front as well. So you know, again, if, if Berardi's playing, he's got Gieza breathing down his neck. Um, you know, and you and you, you've got Belotti as well. You know, sort of just waiting, waiting to come in if, if Mobile doesn't step up. So that's a really healthy thing. I think. Um, I mean, going on on what Shane said here in the chat uh, about this trend about high scoring halves. Um, landing more than first, you know, looking at what happened in the Turkey game again, you know, could it be a case of Italy sort of struggling to break down Switzerland, um, and then Switzerland's kind of gradually just tiring and and it's kind of wearing away. So I think that could be one potential strategy for a uh, for a half time uh, full time, um, and again, you know, with, with the shots angle as well. Uh, it's kind of it's a shame this podcast because we have to do it two days ahead because you know something I am doing a lot of and if you're following my um, my, my Twitter is is these kind of prop bets that John L mentioned. Um, I mean mainly sort of passes passes are the ones I that I look at. Um, but again, you know, if anything else kind of strikes me as value, that that's something there as well. So generally, what you find, especially with passes, is is the opposition is kind of um, generally underestimated um and the bookies tend to price these on averages they don't look in huge detail into who the teams are actually playing so you know again you can have um, especially in league football i mean how, how much it translates to international football is slightly different but you might have a team who's let's say lower ranked or got a lower league uh, lower down the table team um, but actually playing, you know, quite a lot of kind of possession football. So someone like Brighton, for example, you know, their players are consistently um, undervalued for, for for passes, you know, depending on who they're playing. Um, so that could be an angle, but I can't, I don't have anything to kind of tell you on that yet because they haven't, they haven't got the prices up, or at least they haven't last time I checked. Um, but that would be something I'd be looking at. And again, you know, it's it, it's a boring. Uh, Bet, but I mean, have you have you got the odds up there, um, Alex? On, on uh, just the one x two, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Italy are at about one point six draws, four four point one, and Switzerland six point five seven. Yeah, and again, you know, it's 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 a boring one for me. But sometimes, it, I mean, this match day, looking at, I mean, I did look at lots of things, kind of delving into lots of numbers, but. Actually, the simple bets are the ones that have uh, stood out. So, um, yeah, uh, we lost George, but bored into tears. Yeah, I think he just got a bit over it. Oh, he's back. back. Yeah, sorry, George. I thought I was I bored you completely there. Um, oh no, the yeah. connect, it was had connection issues. I thought, oh no, the podcast has just dropped. Um, but yeah, so again, Italy to win to, to zero. Uh, so Italy to win to nil. Um, if you want to get again Italy on a on a minus one handicap, I think they could have a few goals in them. You know, again, as much as I wasn't impressed by Wales, I wasn't really that impressed by Switzerland either. There's something about them. I think it's Switzerland and Austria. I don't know what it is, but every kind of international tournament, they they have good players. They've got you know they've got a decent team, but they just they never quite do much really with that. And um, 
yeah, and I, th- I think the Italy team again could could just just uh, go rampant. They could have, get a few goals. They're going to be really really tough to break down, um, and you know that 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 could be something to look at. Um, the shots angle, like I mentioned as well, um, some kind of you know play on the shots. You could do a bet builder on that. You could have a look at um, the line on Sky, which is two point seven five for sixteen shots. I do like that as well. Um, yeah, you know, if you're feeling brave, you, you could do a kind of half-time, half-time draw, Italy full-time as well. So there's different ways you could play it. I'd want to get Italy on side in some form or another. Um, you could look at the, again, the goal scorer bets. Uh, something, actually, yeah, I mean, something you, you could look at. What was interesting, looking at the, um, the goal scorer bets, and uh, to be honest, today has been a bit of a blur. I can't even remember who's, who scored all the goals. Um, but going back to the other games, so you've had quite a few defenders actually getting the man of the match. So um, uh, again, in the Austria game, so Alaba, he, you know, he got um, the star of the match, as UEFA call it. He was ten to one going off in that one. Uh, Denzel Dumfries for, for the Netherlands was a forty to one shot on that. And in the last game, so for Italy, Spinazzola actually got the star of the match there, and he went off at thirty three to one. So you could look at, you know, again, an Italian defender to, to, uh, to get that. That could be sort of a big price, um, sort of generous odds. Um, the panel, you know, the UEFA panel obviously are, are considering defenders for this. It's not overly skewed in favour of forwards. I think maybe that's the nature of the, this tournament so far because you know, there are, have been sort of some conservative games, this kind of low block um, kind of counter-attacking style that a lot of teams have is going to lead to that. And um, again, look, Switzerland, if, you, if you're watching the, the Wales game, how Wales got their chances, it was through, um, you know, that kind of aerial threat through Keith, Keith Moore. You know, they, they were causing them problems on set pieces. So that could be a possible angle for you. I'm not necessarily saying these aren't kind of plays that I'm making, but if you wanted to have a kind of big odds bet, you know, I wouldn't put you off um, exploring that and delving into that further. But yeah, I mean, for me, Italy, it's a no-brainer. I think, um, I mean, you know, you could even try combining that into a double, you know, Italy to win to, to nil and Turkey to win to nil. You get quite generous odds on that. Nice, mate. Just a couple of questions here while you were talking. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce this fella's name, but he says, any tips for betting tomorrow? I mean, you've come to the right place, mate. There's probably about 20,000 of them if you rewind. <laughs> and uh, I can't even, I can't say this name. Woot. Woot Fearens has said, is this match betting or betting with another strategy I just joined? Well, mate, this is certainly not match betting. I would say this is more of a value betting strategy. So um, if you want to learn more about value betting, we've got lots of videos on our channel. Just type in value betting and I'm sure you can find someone that explains exactly the the kind of stuff we, we talk about. So uh, George. Italy, Switzerland, mate. Did you have anything you wanted to say about that, or or has Neil covered it mostly? Uh, a few, a few bits. But um, yeah, obviously, because I, I think I dropped out, didn't I? The the call when you were discussing a few points. But I noticed uh, you you attempted why the Italy win to nil, which again interested me. Um, I was having a look earlier whether the price is still there. It's not a bookie that I've, I think I've used before. I've seen other people use it, but uh, it's with Novibet. And it was Italy to win. Both teams to score no, um, and that was at two point six seven. Which is obviously a, a little bit higher than the price so I could see on the Oz checker for winning to nil. But um, mm. yeah, I, I kind of did like the look of that one. 
particularly when you look at how bad Switzerland's record is um, on Italian soil. So just one, uh, one just once um, in all 24 head-to-heads during five and losing 18. Um, but that win did, interesting fact for you, the win did come at this very stadium back in 1982. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Switzerland have, have lost four and drawn two of their last six internationals versus countries currently ranked 10th or better and they failed to score in three of those. Um, so yeah, I, I think Italy, if they can get another clean sheet here, it would put them within one game of equaling their existing all-time record of 30 games unbeaten. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'd be worried in terms of goals here. I think Switzerland are a much better organised side than, than Turkey. But the fact is, it's going to be in Rome's Olympic Stadium. They're going to be in high spirits after, you know, absolutely demolishing Turkey. So it's difficult to kind of see, you know, they, they might just ride that wave of momentum from that game. And, and you could easily, obviously, see those goals flying in. But um it's the first time Italy in 39 games have scored more than two goals at Euro finals. They don't tend to score more than two. Mm. They all know about Italy. They're kind of quite resolute, shut up shop, defend that one nil or two nil. So it's quite surprising to see them go to so rampant um, against Turkey. But yeah, for me, the only potential pick series, we spoke um, on the previous podcast is an overview of this tournament, our, our favourite potential outrights. And I think both me and Neil earmarked uh, potentially Chiro Mobile was far too high to be the top goal scorer at this tournament at around 20s. Um, I mean, obviously, he scored in the first game. He's, he's 2.6 to score here at any time. And I think I do think Italy are going to absolutely batter Switzerland in terms of shots and, and the stats. So no, I thought there was potential play there. It might be a little bit lower, potentially a bit higher. But yeah, for me, I think my favourite one would be uh, Italy winning and both teams to score no or Italy win to nil. And potentially those shot markets that Neil was talking about as well, because they landed obviously with with ease in that game against uh, Switzerland because it's all um, Italy had a shot difference of plus fourteen in that first half alone. And that's the biggest margin in a Europe European final since two thousand and four. Um, they've got a win rate in Rome of eighty one percent. The Italian national team, you know, they're, they're solid when they play in Rome. So yeah, those shot angles look uh, very good to me. All right. Love it, gents. Just had a one quick, just one quick thing. Uh, just that George was saying. Just again, that that's a really good point. So he he mentioned the both teams to score no market. So sometimes you can actually get better value on that market. Um, so it's worth having a look and just kind of comparing the two lines. Similar to like if you're doing a draw no bet or a Asian zero, sometimes you get better value on mm. what. It's the same thing, but yeah. you might get a few ticks more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you're if you're combining it. Uh, both teams score no in Italy to win. Um, as a bet, I mean, bet builders always are going to look a little bit more muggy than going to bet Italy to to win to nil. So uh, it's probably good for keeping your accounts a little bit longer. Um, Nick Phillips this says, "Do you think Wales can go all the way this time? As they have a better team than uh, when they got to the semis last Euros." Uh, no, who wants to take this one? Because <laughs> there's been a lot of rubbishing Wales this time. So, uh, I, I think they had a better team. I mean, they've got young talents coming through, like Dan James and Brooks and, um, and Wilson. But I think, as a collective team, I think they were better in 2016. Personally, mm. okay, yep, same. Agree. All right. Well, there's so, sorry, Nick. Uh, these guys are a bit cranky. It's getting towards. I wish you. Were. I mean, I'd love it if Wales got through. I just I can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Um, all right. I think uh, I think that'll do for today, gents. That was um, 
you've just gotten through a mountain of work there. That was um, that was terrific. But if we had to summarize and um, and give out our best bets for tomorrow's games, and I guess we can include uh, Wednesday's games too for Tuesday and Wednesday. Where would you take me, George? Uh, Portugal win and under three and a half match goals. Uh, that was evens on Unibet. All right. Love it. And uh, Neil, what would you go with, mate? Yeah, I mean, if, if you want to kind of bank, I think, again, Italy to to, to win some kind of being on Italy in some form, um, you know, that both teams will know. And then the Turkey one, for the price, I think it's just it's too long. So, yeah, Turkey and Italy to win to nil, basically. Yeah. All right. Awesome. And I think um, it's it's really interesting. I, I I was I was kind of surprised when I asked Nigel on on Thursday or whenever we recorded the, the outright preview about um, I guess paths to the final and whether you'd rather have your team like a France or a Germany or a Portugal have this hardened path, you know, had to work pretty hard to to get all the way to the final because they've had a tough group, or whether you'd rather have a team like Italy who you know, they've got a pretty easy group here. They'll probably make it to the quarterfinals. I believe they've got they play the the second place of group C, I think, in the in the round of sixteen. So that's gonna be like a North Macedonia, probably not, but uh who who Ukraine maybe, I think. Mm. Uh, I, I, I could be maybe Ross, yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, I, I think it's a um I think it's an interesting question. Where do you guys come down on that? Do you think you'd rather have a hardened path or you'd rather just breeze through to the quarters and kind of save your energy? Because especially like Italy, mate, they're, they're at home for, for three games. They can they can almost, in terms of some of the other teams, they in comparison, sorry, they can kind of kick their feet up and kind of smash up some of these minnows and make their way to the quarters. I mean, you've got to beat these teams at some point. Like, it's... I don't know, I get what you mean by you've got to get to the quarters, but... They're going to be fresh. You know, yeah, you can be fresh, but I mean, it depends how deep you want to look into. I mean, because if you've beaten some hard teams on the way there, you feel momentum, if you feel it's up to you, and I mean, you feel you're there, where I think it can be a bit of a shock when you've been, say, if you've breezed past a few teams, and then all of a sudden you're met with someone who's as good, if not a bit better than you on the day. Hmm. It, it, can be count- it can be counterproductive at times. So I, I don't really have a preference. I think it's probably because I'm English. It doesn't really matter who we play. We get disappointed in the end anyway, so I'm not I'm sort of like, <laughs> we'll play whoever, as and when. Yeah. All right. Well, unless you have some thoughts. Sorry, that wasn't the answer you were looking for, was it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I always cited on the, on the like, I'd rather my team have a really nice run, you know, not have to face too many. I, it's not the fact that not to face too many tough teams. It's more that uh, I'd love them rested and, and, you know, ready to go once it gets to the finals and not have had to, you know, fight hard to beat a Germany or a France or, or something like that. Be nice rested, but um, yeah, that's just... Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm with you, Alex, and, and, and to some extent. I mean, let's say with England and the World Cup run, I mean, you know, to get to semi-final, we, you know, we, we played Sweden, we played Colombia, um, yeah. you know, good teams, but that gave us a good chance. And even Croatia in the semi-final, you know, I think we, you know, if you play that game a hundred times, I think England would have won it maybe 40 out of 100 so we had a chance um and that's one thing you could level at italy is you know they've had they've got this fantastic run and they've been on this really impressive run of games but in their qualifying group they didn't really have anyone that challenging they haven't really 
been tested, um, you know, by you know, haven't played many of the top nations. I mean, what we'll see how it transpires this tournament. Maybe it's too early for them. They've got the Nations League, I think, in October as well. So we'll kind of see how they, how they do there. But yeah, as a fan, I'd I'd want to sort of have the easiest route possible to kind of to get as far as possible because that's what you remember, you know, um, ultimately. But I mean, yeah, like like George said, you know, they say for us, it, it <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look good. I think the win the group, we're going to have a tough game. If we come second, we'll still have a tough game. Uh, it's not going to be easy. Um, yeah, you just have to kind of celebrate it while you can. All right, cool. Uh, and I've I've got to give out my best bet for tomorrow. No, I've I've had some. You know, I got very close with my my Sweden pick yesterday. So I don't people, just, people, are just, people are just screaming out for my best bet for tomorrow. And you know what? I'm gonna. I, I think the French are just too too big for tomorrow. I think I reckon you'll get a bit of a uh, bit of EV there. I reckon if you back France now, I'll, I'm not sure what the best odds. Are. Well, I think it was like 2.7, maybe 2.8, something like that for France. I think. That is a little bit too big for a for a very classy side in France there. So all my research, fellas, has uh, has le- has led me to France. So that was a joke for anyone out there. It's a um, we'll call it the mug bet of the day. All right, you can find George at C George Gamble, and you can also find him at George underscore CGG. He's so good. He's got two Twitters, and you can find Neil. Um, who is at the top right-hand corner of your screen. Yes, Neil is a human. Uh, you can find him at My Better Life on Twitter. And he also has a, a bloody brilliant blog at MyBetterLife.com where you can kind of follow his journey as a pro sports better. Uh, I don't think he's posted much lately, but you can follow it up. That's part of the journey is just, just always being busy and just not having time to update it. So that's, yeah. yeah. That's you can follow his journey up until about <laughs> October last year and then... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what happened after that? Um, and we will be back on Wednesday night, so after the Italy Switzerland game, and then we'll be previewing the games, whatever games are on the next day. So we'll have a little break and we'll be back on Wednesday night. Thank you, everyone, for joining in. There's been some great viewership today, it's been great having you all along. Some terrific comments. Uh, except for this, um, except for this last one here. I mean, Maddie, just just <laughs> go for a jog, mate. Seriously, and um, yeah, well, I can't remember where it's at. Yeah, subscribe. If everyone could give it a thumbs up, that would be superb. Um, subscribe to the podcast, and if you've missed today's and tuning in now, I'll release it as a podcast in a couple of hours. Um, and yeah, let's just call it a day. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you honestly, I feel like an intervention is needed because, like, yeah, give it a like if you want, it'd be great if you could just, just watch it later. <laughs> I'm just sick I think of saying it. lights are just turning you slowly insane. <laughs> what, sorry? I think those flashing lights in the, in the background are just turning you slowly insane. Yeah, old, he, he's recording this just outside the entrance of a strip joint. You can just tell <laughs> he's just distracted. <laughs> Yeah, I've got Nigel. As soon as that camera goes off, the cap comes off. <laughs> you can't hear, but you can if you just listen closely. You can hear Nigel singing Roxanne in the background. <laughs> as long as he's not on the pole, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs>
I cannot yeah. unsee. <laughs> Sorry, Nigel, your reputation just dropped a little bit as people imagine you on a on a poll, but um that's all right. We'll call it a day. Thank you once again, gents, and we'll see you on uh, on Wednesday. Cheers, Take care. Thanks, guys.